Welcome to what I believe is the 35th episode of Born in Trouble. I'm your host, John X. My favorite part when I get to show myself. Bringing you the best. Yeah, really, I'm, I'm a simple D-Grub. Bringing you the best conversation, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. 
and loving people. Yeah, I was thinking about the nature of relationships today because it was um, just thinking about different, uh, something different for a change. You know, I've been tied up for the past, like, what would you say, about eight weeks up. My mind has been in different places. Very easily. Okay. Since early October. Since early October. And now at least I got one more of that journey done. And I've had some free time and the ability to be more like myself. And, you know, the thought without being focused on other outside forces as much. We still got, we still got a ways to go to get where we're going. But, you know, it's been that stretch. And um, I was thinking about relationships. I was watching the show. And these people were saying about interracial relationships that, um, you know, it was a picture of, like, some athletes. I think it was the Cowboys or something. Did you see that picture? With, uh, uh, it wasn't the Cowboys, but it was, um, it was, uh, I want to say it was, so it was your hometown team. Oh, it was a basketball team. Yeah, it was the New York Knickerbockers. Well, I'm a Net fan. I'm a Net fan, so. You know, they, they, had, they, they had a Christmas dinner or something, and there was it, the pictures of five of them um, with their plus uh, ones. And of the five, there was only one African-American woman, and she was to the right player. She was with the European guy. Yeah. Yep. And it was all the yeah, yeah. And it was all the, all the normal troops and everything. And it got me thinking about the nature of like dealing within your race and everything. And you know, you Rob, you dated inside and outside of your race. Would you yeah. does does race really matter as much as like, you know, fit or connection at that point in time? Is it really no, I mean it's just connection race is a construct. Race isn't anything that actually exists. You know. There's no there's no place like you can cut out if you can cut out the piece in your mind, you know, where race exists, there's no place in your mind where race actually exists. It's a construct. Social construct. Right. It's all that other stuff. That's just noise. That's stuff that they're gonna keep us fighting with one another and you know, the larger the larger picture issues. Well, the larger picture issue is that there are players that are making um, seven and eight figures, and the feeling is that that money isn't going into a um, into the hands of a black woman. Is that really a concern? Well, I mean, it goes going back to you know the days when we were you know under under the physical control of white people. You know, there was that push to get lighter to get lighter. Get your kids lighter and lighter. Mm. You know, maybe get them some skin privilege that they that they shouldn't be born into. Right. Um, get you into Howard or get you into Morehouse or Spelman. Those those fields and those ideas still persist. You know, these guys. I mean, I look at it. You know, having met a number of folks who live at that level and who who vibe, you know, in those spaces. Like everybody wants their mama, but they also want something different. Mm. Like. You grew up with your people, you know all of your people's faults, and you want someone who's going to bring you something different to the table. Like, if you, you know, God bless the folks who, you know, knew each other at 15 and they, you know, tell them and they just go and learn their lives together, but those people need someone to bring something else to the table to push them in some way. And, you know, you and somebody who grew up in a similar experience aren't going to have that. Mm. You know, 
which gets some of the ensemble culture, brings you up, brings you some ideas and some spaces that maybe, you know, there are a lot of spaces on this planet that we don't think we belong in just because for many years we weren't allowed in them. Right. And so we continue to make persist that we don't belong in those spaces and we shouldn't be there. You know, and get somebody who enters us into these worlds and like, yeah, this is pretty cool. Like, really, avocado toast? <laughs> Latinos, you know, you gotta get, you gotta get the avocados from Latinos. How is it that we didn't discover this first? <laughs> you saw that cultural barrier laid down. You get that avocado back, try to bring it back. Feel some reparations for that avocado. I feel you, you know. Yeah, it just crossed my mind because what I was thinking was that, you know. You really find the right person for your situation more than you look for, you know, a natural race thing. I mean, of course, there are fetishists in every community, you know. Um, and, but, you know, there are fetishists, but there are also those people, a lot of people who are raised on race in America. I mean, it is, for some people, it is the primary stumbling block. Um, you know, for some of our people, it's the primary stumbling block for people on the other side of the fence. It's one of the ideas that while they don't know why they believe what they believe, they just believe it. But they'll never admit that they believe it. They just, they just practice it whenever possible. Right. But racism, overarching, you know, for my grandmother, you know, you know, really, everything came back to race. Literally, her, her marching orders every day was, you got to get your job that the white man can't take away from you. Which had to, which had a modicum of truth. Well, you know, in the time and place that she grew up, that's absolute sound advice. Yes. But for her suburban ways, one song, you know, not two generations later, they make so much sense. The aspirations could be different. The aspirations could be different. Right. Well, we're seeing a lot of that with moves. You know, you know, when we talked about, when we talked about her, you know, one of her sons, um, her second wife was, was a white woman. And, you know, she that is a major factor in any conversation, you know, that she had ever. It's like, yo, it was always, you know, no matter what was going on, you knew that he was married to a white woman. You know disappointing she was about. <laughs> like, she was not about that life, and she was bringing the smoke every time she could. Every time she saw it. Yeah. You know, you, you, you bring it. But those kids are black. Essentially, they're black. Your cousins are. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. he's black. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's that it's matter. Like for her, the movie and the people that she influenced, you know, I had my, my dad just sort of break up the wall and be like, yeah, you know, when he came with another thing, she says she's kind of crazy. We're going to take some of what she says and, and, and put it down and some of this other stuff and just got the flesh. Um, but that thing can still persist. It gets passed down to the generations and it continues, especially you have people who grow up in um, predominantly um, poor African-American communities. How are they going to find out that it's even different? But, you know. Well, you know, the interesting part, part about a lot of the comments was black people, these conversations happen all of the time. So it's like, you know, you've got these nuggets in there, like, why is it okay when a black woman goes and marries, with, marries a white man, it's marrying up. But when a black man gets with a white woman, then all of a sudden he's, he's moving down, you know, and vice versa. And then, of course, you know, he's abandoning his people. He's abandoning his people, right, but the white woman is up, what is she doing? She's uplifting the race. 
So black women should have diversity in their choices and black men should not consider. And really what it comes down to is like, it really comes down to shared experiences and shared like, you know, there may, there may not be a black woman that fits what you're going through at that point in time. A black woman may not want to put up with your black ass at a certain point in time. But then once you make it, then you can be put up with it and you're supposed to work. Another piece of this is, you know, is the, is the new economics in that, you know, a lot of our people don't have a lot of money. Um, whereas, you know, these white ladies, they got money to pay for blow job classes. Oh, so they are using, like, technology now, and then they got techniques now that are just, you know, they're doing things. You know, you can speak foreign languages. Is that an unfair advantage? Is that what they're saying? It's like being able to do, um, you know, it's like being able to do the Kaplan SAT course stuff, you know, and draw the SAT for two weeks and walk in and take it. Mm. There's a good chance you would do it better than somebody who's walking in cold turkey. I would be interested in hearing if, women, if black women feel that they're at a disadvantage because they can't take blowjob classes, for example, or like, you know, classes in S&M and bondage. Whatever that the whatever it is that these people, but I mean I think that naturally there's a whole world out there where you can go and experiment and find out for yourself that you may be able to become a master in other ways. Practice makes perfect, you know. But now we're, we're kind of off topic here, but we're on topic though because it's really, it comes down to like you know your training. And what are you prepared? What are you preparing to do? Are you preparing to? It's expectation. Is when you're with an athlete, for example, a professional athlete, you may have to put up with some things that a, a normal other woman might not put up with in a normal relationship. And if you have this thought process that you're going to go in and you're just going to dominate the relationship just because you are. That doesn't really make any sense for a professional athlete to be with that type of person. You've got to kind of, you know, and that's not saying that that's the way that black women are. Because obviously, obviously there are black, there are plenty of black women that are married to professional athletes and they're fine mates in those relationships. There's a lot of them that aren't. And the matter of the fact is, is that most of these like high profile relationships don't last anyway. So are they just really, are they mad about the relationship, not getting the man or not getting the bag? What's more important? Yeah, every situation, every situation is each other's individually. But I mean, you know, we, 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 we have more than any more evidence from our life experiences that there are a lot of people who are willing to um, trade some of their emotions from the bag. Yeah. And lie and cheat and steal and basically, I mean, if you have to change the way that you are as a person, and you know that person, it's like it just seems disingenuous to me for you to expect everyone to be your soulmate. You know, what if that person just doesn't like you? You can be pretty, really attractive, but you can have some different moves. You can have different thought processes. Does that mean you have a vibe? You just don't vibe. And there's more of that in the world today as people become, whether they like to admit it or not, as much as we 
get all these discoveries about our past and who we are and our histories, but who we are today are people who are on the internet, on Twitter, and not even Twitter as much because now that's gone, but on Instagram and TikTok. You know, doing the same things, doing the same dances, telling the same jokes. Of course, of course there's going to be commonality between those things because that's American culture. American culture is a mix. That's why Trump became a thing back in the day because there were a lot of racist people out there who didn't like the fact that the world was people were basically becoming the same. They wanted to jump in there and change that. I mean, do you think I'm wrong with that assumption? No. So, you know, so I, I look at it. I look at it today, and I see like Donald Trump put out an NFT. Did you see that? He put out an NFT. Um, <sighs> I hope to God no one's buying that thing. Well, apparently it's a step too far, because even the people like I don't, I don't like to give those people or anything or anything that has to involve with them any type of really light because it's like, it's kind of like shining a light on him, and he's the type of guy that any type of publicity, he loves that, any type of publicity, he's down with it, whether it be positive or negative, but a lot of the publicity and the reviews he's getting from his boys is negative, and the polling says now that 47% of people of the Republicans don't want him to run for president again. You know, and it's looking like his, like that ship has sailed now, and it's gone. So, do you think that's a good thing? Um, yeah, but I mean, it still leaves behind, you know, he was, he was like a flower, you know, so flowers are seasonal, they pop up, they bloom, they're pretty, and then they die. Mm. Only to come again when the season comes back again. Like the root is still there, like the problem still exists. He may be gone and he was able to excite his base, but now we gotta figure out how to somehow educate, placate his base. Um, well, so, you know, right now it's so divided, we're pushing towards um, somebody succeeding somewhere. Mm. You know, if you're an revolution. Well, market conditions are not that good. They're not that great. We haven't had, you know, we're coming to the end of the calendar year. And but, see, here's the thing. Market conditions aren't that great, but, you know, market conditions, conditions aren't that great. It's like roughly 20% of the population. Like, 80%? The, market, the market's been great. It's still been shitty for them. Right. Like, what the market's doing really isn't, isn't, isn't a real indicator of what, you know, what's going on here. Because they have so much. Because they have so much. But for a lot of people, when I say market conditions, what I mean is, I'm, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a lot of people. They had a report um, the other day that said that from people who bought their houses in 2020, 25% of them were already underwater in their homes, um, yeah. that's a big thing. They were talking about inflation and how people who are paying a lot of their debt using credit cards now are looking at 
a massive problem we didn't expect to have because when debt is cheap, when the rates are low, debt is cheap. Now those rates are up, so it's going to cost more money to people in their pockets. Um, real estate, with these, it was a boom market for the past two years. Now we're seeing the settling. You have people that spent money to build houses that now are looking at not getting the same profits or even any profits, maybe taking losses. Um, housing and landlords are asking for incredibly, you know, the things that they ask for, you can just go out and buy a house if you had those things. Yeah. So, but they've been burnt so badly due to the pandemic, when people weren't paying their rents, they're nervous. So, you know, sometimes fear causes what? Panic and people are still still. So we have all these different things that are coming together at the same time. So what's going to happen? Are people going to work towards finding solutions towards this band together? Or is it going to be chaos and a civil war? It's too many different things coming together. Too many people now have been system. Can we change the system? I can't imagine that many people can never imagine in any other way. Can we change the system? You know, because it seems to me like with all of these things that I just like brought up beforehand, it's really now the perfect time to change the system. See, with Trump, you know, a lot of people, there are a lot of people who are, who are um, anarchists or really like out for change, looking for a different way. They got swept up in his whole coalition. And those people are like, you know, now they're looking around and they're saying like, you know, well, where do we go? What are we going to do at this point? Where, how, you know, what's actually going to happen? Because obviously this guy was not the solution. So there is still that need for change and for upheaval even. But are people really going on? Now the, the big figurehead is gone or assume to be gone. Mm. So, what's going to happen? Are people going to pick up that mantelpiece and, you know, and actually do that? Because uh, a lot of people get caught up with the, with the whole racial thing. A lot of people in the United States, one of the reasons why we love the race is that there are a lot of people in the United States that give a fuck about race. They only care about money. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, but you know, it, even a lot of people who care about money primarily, race is always a close second. You know, it's still an unbelievable in large and small ways. Even, I know some people who, you know, fully grew up in a situation where they just were not around black people. Just really black people in the world when they were coming up. Uh-huh. And even those people who, you know, were sort of like, they didn't know anything good, bad, or indifferent about them, you know, besides what they see in the media. So they're all, and like a fucking science project to them. Right. Um, Absolutely oblivious about it. They're oblivious, but, you know, it's in the air, it's in the water, you know, that these people are not supposed to be, you know, trustworthy, industrious, um, intelligent. But when it does happen, what are they going to do with that? I mean, I think it's been proven. 
for generations that that's not the case. What you really have to do is open up your eyes and see that there are plenty of industrious black people, Hispanic people, Indian people. You really, to me, it's like, to me, it's like, that's really idiocy to think any other way. It's idiocy to judge people based upon race. It just means you're a little bit, you're a little bit slow. Now, you've you seen the watches on TV, you know, there are a lot of slow people in America. You know, you, you, you and I grew up in an area where sometimes we go into those bars, and people would loudly state how slow they are, you know. But first, we fight. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's... A lot of times, when we were going to those places, that's probably why we were going there. For the first part. Right? But for the purposes of what we need, we can, we can isolate this. 
put two generations of black people in therapy. You know, you got a couple generations of folk who do not know what a good relationship looks like or feels like. Mm. And so they're out there matching other folk who do not know what a good relationship looks like or feels like or how to communicate their feelings or that they need to communicate their feelings. And they are projecting their own insecurities onto the other and just making a general mess of it. Mm. That's that's what that's what this is. So really if you wanna if you wanna fix relationships between brown people or between anybody, let's just start getting some folks in the therapy and start talking about the fact that, yeah, we really don't know what a good relation most of us really don't know what a good sound relationship looks like or feels like. I think that's so just going to repeat these other patterns. I think that's so true in many different ways, and and that's not a cultural thing. It's not a cultural thing, it's an American thing. You know, when... You want to believe some of the the deeper conspiracy theorists, part of the the Rockefeller vision was to get women in the workplace, the Rockefeller Foundation back the women's love movement, uh, and part of the reason, supposedly, some people believe that it was done, was because at that point, we were only taxing half the population, essentially, and getting women in the workforce and tax the other half. Mm. You know, it was a revenue engine. And that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. You know, the divorce rates are up in all cultures. The stigma of, of having a child out of wedlock is done there completely wrong with the exception of a few small communities. Um, so folks have no idea it's like, well, most of us don't want to, you know, most of us don't want to crack open that egg and find out why. See, in a roundabout way, you got to what I was thinking, which was like, what are we all talking about? All of these communities and all of these people have basically had the same experiences over the past 20 years and grew up watching Jerry Springer, where everyone was mixed, and every other TV talk show. So it's not even a matter of, those people aren't really different, they're pretty much the same tribe, with different shades, yeah. but it's all the same tribe. But no, that's, that's America's, you know, lower socioeconomic class. Right. You know, that's America's lower socioeconomic class. Those are the people who grew up believing that they're never going to be seen or heard. And so the minute somebody says, hey, you can be seen or heard, we'll put you on TV. Everybody who can hear your story, they'll jump at it regardless of the fact that, oh, this is not going to put me in the best light. This is not going to make me look like the scholar that I believe myself to be. Right. Well, there are no moral victories anymore. Everything is like it's Pyrrhic. There's no wins when it comes to how you... The only way... See... The world is made up of influencers, and this was, a, this was another thought that I was thinking about. How silly is it to be an influencer? Because, sure, you're young, you may be good-looking or beautiful, the case may be, but you're consistently pandering. And you're not just pandering, it seems like you're pandering the people. But who you're actually pandering to are those corporations that pay those dollars for you to do different things. So you can be young and you can be beautiful and you can be known by millions and millions of people and you can be compensated for that. 
for being owned by millions and millions of people, handsomely. But you're not speaking your truth. You're speaking theirs. No, but there, there are lots of people who are getting paid, you know, working 50, 50 and a half weeks out of the year and making $40,000 and coming home absolutely gassed. And um, they're not speaking their truth either. Well, when you find yourself not speaking your truth, do it for money. You can do it for nothing. Go do it for money. Right. Well, I mean, look, the money is what his job has to be. The, not everybody's job has to be, um, you know, the, um, the, the, reason, the reason to be, the reason for being. You know, some people are just working, and the, the work allows them to then go out and live their true purpose. Well, something like, like see, it's a profound career path for kids who are in high school right now. Social media influencer. Like social media, but it, you know, what can you do? Like, this is a whole new world for us, you know, for living up. Like, to do idiot kid things and make money to do it. All you gotta do is put together a video. Like, if it was that easy, one of us would be influencers just like everybody in our neighborhood tried to become a rapper. After a couple of guys made money, everybody tried to become a rapper. Like, when somebody sees who goes away to make money, everybody follows. Yeah, you know, we'd have influencers in the neighborhood, you know, if that was a thing back then. You know, there wasn't even cell phones back then. We still, we still touch the landline. But there were also other divergent paths which you could actually succeed in. You know, you didn't have to just... Everybody jumped on the hip-hop train. That was the emerging path at that point. That was the new, that was the new media. Well, there were other, but there were other ways to actually do that. You know what I mean? Like now or that? Like then. Like then you could, like then there were, there were just different jobs. There were a lot of jobs. There were a lot of things you could do. There were a lot there of were a lot of jobs. There were, yeah, there was a lot of hard work out there too. Yeah, but at least yeah. that was an option. The, 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 the influencers, they're not trying to work like that. Like they see this as being created and, you know, they're going out quickly because the algorithm will do that to you. But they see this as fun and it's a, you know, if somebody's going to pay you, you're going to make $100,000 for creating videos three days a week, you know, when you want to go and, like, bust your chops now and you're talking to some of guy's shit on you all day because you're not making any more money. Um, you know, 35K, right? It's a job, but don't begrudge these kids a job. Well, I'm not begrudging them a job. I'm just saying that it's a job with no intrinsic value that basically uses up your youth. And uses your youth to basically give out the same to give out a corporate message, which will in turn turn around and be used against more youth. It's an ugly cycle. It's vicious. It's an ugly cycle, but it is, you know, it's all that they've ever known. And we're really the first generation that this is all they've ever known. Like we don't even dating at this level. Like we still went out we went outside in the summertime, we went outside and played every day. Not most days, we went outside and went to the park every day. We walked across town doing it every day. We just don't see these kids out there doing that. We are immersed in this other world, this electronic world. Mm. Well, you're not lying. But the problem is, though, but the problem is, though, old man alert, the problem is, though, it's not sustainable. 
it's not sustainable. You're blocking it and tomorrow. Um, but, you know, they'll do it, they'll try it, and then they'll move on to something else. They're not going to work for the same corporation for 30 years anyway, so it's just they stop on their career path. Well, you know, maybe it teaches them to present, maybe they go and do top like salespeople, maybe they go and do corporate presentations, maybe they, you know, do PR marketing. It's going to be an introduction to, to another field for them. OnlyFans. Also an option. OnlyFans is also an option. You know, a little bit there's a little bit more stigma attached to OnlyFans. Um, you know, there'll be some people around the country, teachers, particularly nurses, uh, getting canned when it was discovered for, um, you know, the subsidized OnlyFans. So it's not, but yeah, and there's a whole lot of ways to make money out of this. They make a list and you just gotta, you can jump on and, and participate and the other time just get out of the way and let it go. I just feel like it's, it's got a, it's got a vampirish type of feel to me where older people are basically taking the energy of younger people and sucking it up and using it to their own ends and means and actually shifting and moving these people to support agendas that they probably don't even fully understand yet. And I just found it, I find it very odd and very weird that this is the system that we live in now. I, I can get with the, I can understand people want to be seen and, you know, you want the attention and all that other stuff. That's actually a good thing you know, to a certain extent, because it's like it's a show of confidence. Who doesn't love a good show? And everything, that's okay. That part is okay. The part I don't like about it is that their their messages are being co-opted and shaped so much by a system which doesn't really have them, that basically put them in the the situation where that's what they have to do for a living in the first place. You know what I mean? Yeah, but the system chews people up before it does. Like, so, you know, I, I always tell people, you know, when we're talking about the economic system in American level, like, this is the game. Like, you learn to play the game, you know, or you lose the game. So you gotta learn the rules by which we're playing and then figure out the best way to do it for you. So these kids are figuring the best way in, like, you know, might have chewed them up and spit them out, it wasn't likely. Like, Okay. And they'll learn and they'll keep, they'll keep rolling, but that's the, that's the overall system. Well, but I'm not, you know. Obviously, you're not going to be shaking on this or moved on this topic whatsoever. To which I'm going to give you a round of applause. Hey, man, I was going to see the, you know, I just need to talk to, you know, speak to college, to college groups or, or high school groups. Like, my entire college education is in your cell phone now. Yeah. The different components that you had to go to college for a specialized place or go to the industry to learn, it all cost six figures apiece. And now included in every phone for free. Which is incredible. I had, I had to learn to adapt or get run over. So who's doing with that one is not editing video. I had to wait until I was 18 and went to college to learn how to edit video. Yeah. I would like for I would like for people to 
just recognize all of the things that are coming up and what the actual problems are. I guess I'm wishing for another time when people actually cared about um, planning in advance so that way things weren't so rough and rugged on everyone. It seems that we just kick the can down and kick the can down the, down the line until, until the dam breaks and everyone's getting flooded and then they want to start building lifeboats. It just seems like a very odd way for a society to continue to run. Well, you know, it is a very odd way for society to run. And, you know, there are days when it looks like it's running out of gas. But what replaces it? No way of knowing. And what? I'm going to think about what, I mean, just looking sort of what, where the power structure lies, you know, power structure holds. It's pretty scary. Well, I think we're about to find out. I've heard some things on my end, getting ready to get back to business and back to work. Some of the factors are kind of scary for people. I don't really want to get into details because I don't want anybody losing sleep. But a lot of the things that I see, they're not good for the general population, for the general people. And it's really a good time for savers. And maybe it's because they're trying to get out the savers next. Which would make perfect sense. Would make perfect sense. But stock market has been crappy. We haven't had Orlando on in a long time. I'd really like to get him on before the year's up, but I doubt that that's going to happen. Because he's been very busy. And it's going to take you to around later to exercise my passport. Yeah, and that's a smart thing to do. I mean, what else are you going to do? Hey, man. You know, the markets are... That was the map you're going to... You're going to start doing them wrong, though. Hey, man, we're going to have to make a... We're going to have to get up out of here. We're trying to set up our trip to Vegas. Vegas, Vegas. I think we need to really get down and power out with that one and have a nice, like, you know, long weekend. Well, you know, eight, nine days. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> that's what we're in location for. Cartagena, Colombia. That's where the coca leaves grow on trees and on the sides of the road. No, maybe for the south. Okay, because I might go to South and West. Because otherwise I might not make it home. I don't do that stuff for a reason. Because I might like it! But I've heard. But I've heard. I've heard. That's interesting. Real nation that actually is like drugged up. You know, we're, we're definitely a drug addiction. I just went and I, I met with a guy who was, um, who was a landlord today. And he was talking about his marijuana smoking, his um, taking of mushrooms, um, you know, microdosing. I know he, microdosing mushrooms is bad. I know, I was like thinking to myself, I know him and Rob would definitely vibe on that. And, you know, we, we don't talk about it, but hey, 
let's be honest, the reason why those, those people are running towards the borders is because cocaine is such a popular drug in the United States of America. The more you smoke, the more guns the cartel buys, the more they run the ugly people out of town, and they keep the, and they keep the pretty ones captive. It's the way it works. People have to walk miles and miles and miles just to find a home, and now they're at the border. So it's all about economy. Yep. So we should be able to fix that, hypothetically, but some parts of the economy are illegal. Hypothetically, we could just, you know, everybody on the bottom system, you know, keep your fingers up like a scout, so I will start doing blow. I will only have what I have left at home, and I will not buy any more blow. Um, like, the profits for the cartels will dry up, like, and then there's nothing to fight about. And we would solve immigration. And we solve immigration policy because they're trying to become, you know, garden stocks and they're not real garden. That's right. People don't know that people don't think about it like that. It's not what they think about. Every time you call your guy, you're supporting immigration. It's that simple. And maybe you don't partake. But you got a, you got a family member that does. So every time your cousin or your sister or your girlfriend makes that phone call, you are also supporting immigration. No, no, he doesn't seem to have made that link yet, because he seems like he's, uh, he behaves as if, um, he spent more than a couple minutes in the bathroom somewhere. Well, Don Jr. and Hunter Biden, to me, they remind me of each other, actually. Yeah. I don't see, you know, Hunter is just a guy who's like, he just lost more, he's just more fucking out there with it and everything. Donald Trump Jr., he's still trying to prove it, he's still trying to please his dad. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's a little bit different. Hunter, he's, they gave that shit up. He's like, fuck it. I'm sorry, dad. I'm fucking everything. Doing mad vines. Sorry. Don Jr. is like, like my other kid who is a soldier, um, probably about a kid or whatever. Cool. Uh, you know, he probably, you know, it's probably the same thing. Like, he, he's never going to be bold, so he's going in the entire opposite direction. And Don Jr. is probably never going to be a banker. Probably never going to be a daddy's favorite child, never going to be a banker. So he's going in the opposite direction, too. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he can't be a banker. He's not equipped to be a banker. He's not. No one could be a banker. You know, maybe Eric, you know, maybe, you know, he sees Eric and getting all the favor, all of the favor from God. Well, because maybe he looks better than a dress. Who knows? Maybe that's it. But he's got to get over it. Yeah, Bo Biden would have probably been president. Honestly, he would have probably been our president right now. Had he lived. And went on and lived his career path, but that wasn't meant to be. So we get Hunter Biden's laptop. 
these, these sons of these famous people, it's like, it's no way to fucking build a coalition or a government. It's not. Nah. But it is the way that we're doing it. So, good luck with that. Mr. Lava Brooks. You know, last, last week we didn't have a show. We did actually record a show. I never got a chance to actually get into editing it and putting it up in that show. Gene started out a little bit tight from the very beginning of the show, and he's kind of, well, we were talking about relationships between family members and daughters and, you know, all of the situations that we all go through when we are attempting to raise our kids and be the best parents to our kids while outside of the home. And the children are subjected to the opinions of a main parent when parents aren't down to basically co-parent, that's the situation that you get. And when they become adults, that's the residual factors. Hey, man. I'm glad I, I'm glad I got to sit that one out. Yeah, I kind of, I, you know, I had some thoughts about that. I, I rolled the dice on that situation. Fortunately, you know, my daughter saw, you know, the hope was that at the end of the day, the kids will see, you know, if you are what you think you are, you'll be consistent and they'll see that. And it won't matter what's being said on the other side, they'll see you showing up and leaving, you show up and, you know, understand that's what's real. Um, the way I sat on, on the side of that, listening to all kinds of BS, my name being dragged through all kinds of BS. Yeah. And uh, what I was and wasn't doing. Yeah. And that's generally, that's what the guy that I saw tonight was saying. He was like, hey, he was calling his uh, baby mama. I was like, baby mama? He was like, yeah, he's like, that's what she is. That's the title that she's earned. White guy. You know? Um, white guy. Same thing. He's hoping to get a spot on the Steve Wilkins show. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, that's where we're all headed. But these are, this is where our people are coming from, similar experiences. So they don't see anything different from one another. I don't see why you should. It's just the way that it is, baby. Just the way that it is to the man's sons who are both not even teens yet. I feel for them because they'll never get to speak to their father again. And you only get one. Just like you only get one mama. Kids are individuals and they deserve to know both of their parents. And I can't go backwards now. My heart goes out to you, brother. You know what I'm saying? I'm down with you still. Yeah, we all still down with you. Right, Rob? That is correct, sir. That's correct. So, I'm going to wrap it up a little bit early. Born in trouble. Just a big full circle, as my man Cleveland Miller once said. Where are the white women at? Where are all the white women at? At the next themes, apparently. Women <laughs> always do them well. Do them well. Listen, date and lock, lock up with the people that are down with you and everything that you share experiences with that can help you get to the places that you need to go, that are supportive to you, that you share values with, and then worry about what they look like later. 
you know, you have these skinny girls that wonder how these um, larger women get men is because they take care of them in some cases. And then there's some women that don't look so good and always get a good man and then pretty girls always get mad and they want to know well, how they get them. It's because they have good personalities and they're doing things. It's not just how you look. There are a lot of different ways we all have to work on ourselves. And that's all I have to say about that. From Philadelphia, New Jersey, Mr. Robert Brooks. I feel like I see your love daddy video so for a minute, bro. Love daddy. You love daddy. Man, if I just focused on one thing, doing if we did a relationship show, it would be so sick. But there's a lot of people that are out there doing relationship shows that actually care about that shit. They're trying to get laid after the show. I don't really want to get laid, so I do the show. Right? So that makes sense. To help your fellow man. To help my fellow man get laid. Exactly. I see that as a good reason. I can throw in on that. I can throw in on that. I'm down with that. I've been going out. There, 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 are, there are plenty of people on this planet who are tragically without gaining. They are just going to open these little boost and support. Mm, they obviously do need it. Because the conversations that I see, I'm just like, like, wow. You know, I, I went to Howard, you know, why I had a hard time when I came back to New York because the sisters down at Howard, like, I'm giving you your props 30 years in the past and everything. Good quality women. Good quality. Not just that everybody sees the homecoming and the booty shaking and all that, but good quality women. I learned how to talk to black women at Howard University because they were so intelligent and so full of, they were everything. They were everything and not just one way. You know, and there was some, you know, it was, it was a dichotomy of the world. It was basically a breaking down of the way that the world was. But there were some quality women. A lot of these women, you know, just because you, just because you got a fat ass, that don't make you quality, you So, just, I'm just saying. Way too many women think, you know, just because they crack the mass cheeks, that makes them special. They'll make you special. They'll make you special. It was all. Yep. Been there, done that, and everything. Been there, done that, and everything, and had a stalk in me. How about that? You weren't ready for that. You only think you ready. Anyway. Born in trouble, 20, I believe, 26th episode, because, you know, it would be real easy for you to figure it out, like, probably take you, like, three clicks in the mouse to find out, like, it probably would, before you come on, it probably would, maybe next week, maybe next week, yeah, it wouldn't be authentic, though, you know what I'm saying, it wouldn't be authentic, yeah, it, would, it, would, it would still be authentic, but just, you know, we wouldn't have done a lot of research, yes, well, you see, and that wouldn't be authentic, we're in trouble. See you next week. Peace. Peace.